How's it going, everybody? It is Joey here, and this is the Anti-Stigma Mental Health Club podcast. Today, I have a very special guest and a wonderful advocate for Above the Stigma, Kenya. And Kenya is going to be talking about her story. So, how's it going, Kenya? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. So, yeah, the big question. Who is Kenya? first reached out you know you wanted to share you know your story and you know I have had plenty of conversations with you and I've learned a lot over our time uh, just knowing each other but yeah I just want to open up the space to you now and let's get to know a little bit more about you yeah so I um, grew up in a very small town in Connecticut um, and I grew up with both of my parents, and I have two older brothers and a younger sister. Um, I was always definitely the loud one, um, definitely the one who's always cracking jokes. I have personally and actually gotten some confirmation from my family that I'm definitely the funniest one in our family. <laughs> um, so I was just like cracking jokes. I was always the funny one. Um, and then outside of the house, I went to school. Um, we moved around a couple times. We always stayed in the same town, but we moved around to a couple different houses. And so I changed, um, schools between third, between fourth and fifth grade. So, and our schools were kind of like rival schools at the time. Um, so that was definitely interesting for me. I was definitely nervous to switch schools and kind of go to like the other side. Um, but I met some really great people at both schools. And then when we got to middle school and high school, I just like continued to stay friends with them. Um, growing up, I was involved in a lot of different things. My parents really, um, didn't say no to anything that we wanted to do activity wise and like extracurricular. So I was involved in Girl Scouts. Um, I was a competitive dancer for 13 years. Um, Mm -hmm. I played field hockey. I did some volleyball on the side as well. Um, going to summer camp and just stuff like that. Just a very... Um, active person. I am a person who likes to get involved in as much as I can um, and doesn't know how to say no all the time. So that's been something I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was around sophomore year, I was 15. And I don't really know what kind of switched in my life. Um, but kind of out of nowhere, I just fell into like, a very, very um, strong self hatred. And I think it was kind of a combination of the dance culture that I was in. I love dance as dance, like the art as itself, but I was kind of doing it in not the healthiest place. Um, And so from that and just kind of like the idea about dance is that you're supposed to always critique yourself so you can get better. Um, But I kind of took that to an unhealthy level and um, I struggled a lot with my eating. My eating habits became so, so dangerous. Um, I fell into very 
dark depression, depression, um, anxiety, and I started self-harming. And um, there was one time, it was, I remember the day, like it happened yesterday. Um, but I had, my mom was like, Kenya, do you want to go to therapy? And I said, sure. And I went and my very first meeting, um, my very first session, the therapist, um, decided to commit me into an, uh, inpatient facility. And, um, I went, it was a very long night. Um, but over time I didn't stay, um, because the hospital kind of decided that I wasn't, um, like at harm anymore or at immediate risk. Mm -hmm. So I'm a human, um, we just kind of, kind of just moved on from that. But after that experience, it really opened my eyes to a lot of the mental health struggles. Um, and so I definitely got introduced to the, just the idea of mental health because it wasn't prominent in my family to talk about it at all, um, through depression. But, um, I had always known when I was growing up that I just kind of just did these small little things that I knew were different. Um, and to me, I always called them, I always referred to them as like challenges in my head. Come to find out, I was finally diagnosed with OCD, which just kind of connected the dots for everything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so now like jump for like fast forwarding to today, um, the depression is definitely um, subsided a lot. And I kind of am able to know when it's coming on and to kind of, I mean, kind of just make it a little less worse. Um, the anxiety is like in different moments. Some days it's worse than others. Um, and then just the OCD is just kind of, that's definitely the most prominent and just kind of like everyday thing that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the eating habits, it's just, it's, it was a very long road to where I am now, but I'm definitely at a much healthier place with that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, Thank you. Thank you for sharing, sharing all that. And I know that was like a quick overview of it all. And, um, like you touched on wanting, or you got put into an inpatient facility. Um, you know, I share that experience with you with, you know, my own story. Now, how long were you in inpatient? It was only like one night. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Man, I feel like I had the crappy end of that stick. I was there for thirty-one days. They just said they said they did not want me to leave. Um, I think it, you know it's the same concept. I know I was the funniest one in that hospital, so that's probably realistically what why they wanted to keep me there. Um, <laughs> um, but no, that's you know I'm really thankful for you know the journey that you've you've come to now. Like, this is, like, I know this isn't the destination, but it seems like your path has gotten a lot brighter, and I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I've been a part of plenty of, you know, open discussions with you, too, where we've gone into some, like, different parts of both of our stories, and I just want to say, like, I thank you. I thank you for everything you're doing, everything you're doing for yourself as well because that's it's not so much that hey like we're helping everybody else you know the biggest thing is we're able to help ourselves along this journey and we're all learning like i'm still learning and 
together, the more we have these discussions, the more we start start learning a little bit more about ourselves. And I think that's, I think it's great. I think what you're doing is wonderful. And um, yeah, how, how are everything, how's everything else going? I know uh, you, you've been getting a lot of involvement with, uh, I believe the social media team. How's all of that experience been? Yeah, I really like it. Um, I've always just kind of had um, this passion for social media. And I mean, unfortunately, I can't because of my, just my credits. Mm. But I was to uh, minor in marketing. Um, but I've taken on different um, marketing uh, kind of opportunities throughout like high school and now that I'm in college. So I really uh, just love just like creating um, and just taking something from my head and putting it onto like a piece is really fun. And I'm also, I'm a very strong perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Uh, At times it can definitely get very toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, But just when I am able to create a piece after like so many tries and it turns out exactly how I want, um, I really, really love it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of people can kind of, kind of, understand that feeling of just like that's not that's not my vision that's not my vision but once that vision comes true and you see it right there in front of you you're like yes a hundred percent yes <laughs> now um do you still um do you still dance at all or is that more of something in your past now um i don't right now i wish I did um but I so once I left my studio um it definitely it was a very hard transition because it I couldn't simply I couldn't do dance and field hockey to the level that I wanted to do um so I because my our field hockey team in our town is like incredibly good and so we're a very competitive team so I just couldn't balance both of them mm-hmm. um so I stopped dancing right after my sophomore year so I stopped dancing my junior year and I miss I miss the act of dancing and just like interpreting how I'm feeling into moves and just things like that but I Mm -hmm. don't necessarily miss like the practices um and just like the mindset around competition I love competition days but just like the fact it, it blows my mind that I did it for so long, but the fact that like all the like young children are literally being put against other children and getting awards and being promoted in front of other kids is just not the healthiest mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't dance now. I really want to get back into it, but I want to find a place that is encouraging and where it's simply just about dance and not anything else. Yeah, no, I think that's that seems like a a healthier version of what you love doing cuz sure. I think that's that's awesome. All right. Now, you know, I'm going to throw like some questions out there and um, you know, you can kind of go from go from there essentially. So, if you could tell your your younger self anything you know any piece of advice you know it could be about mental health it could be about you know life what would be that one piece of advice that you would give younger kenya 
Um, it would be, you don't have to do everything or kind of like on the same lines, like your accomplishments do not make up who you are, like your worth. Mm -hmm. Um, I've found, I don't know if you know the Enneagram test, but I'm a very big personality test person. Um, and my personality is very achievement oriented. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I push myself to limits that are not the healthiest. And my dad has definitely been like the biggest catalyst in me kind of realizing that. And he's like, Kenya, you do way too much. Um, and it's, um, just kind of realizing that I can't give my all to everything. It's simply just not possible. And so picking those few things that I am very passionate about and going all the way has been very monumental. Um, but yeah, definitely that like my worth is not set in my achievements. Awesome. Awesome. Side note. Um, have you told Gina about your Enneagram? I haven't. Okay. Just so you know, you're about to have an amazing conversation because she loves the Enneagram test. Oh my goodness. And she, you have no idea. It took me so long to take this test because I'm not that person. I don't, I don't, it's, I don't, I don't care what numbers I am. I, yeah. I know that I'm a certain type of person and I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely like a two. And mm -hmm. she's, she's like, I don't think you are. And I'm like, I don't think it matters. And, and she's just like, just take it, just take it. And I talk to, I talk to Gina pretty much every single day. And when she hears this, cause she listens to these too. So she's going to be like, Oh my goodness. And she's going to probably get in contact with you right away. Um, but it's so funny. Cause I ended up finding out that I was a four and a seven and she was okay. like, and she was like, I knew it. She was like, I literally knew it. And it makes so much more sense about the way that you are. And I'm just like, you don't know me, Gina. You don't know me. <laughs> and, uh, but that's, that's, that's so funny that you just brought up the Enneagram because I literally finished taking it like three days ago and mm -hmm. she's been with the organization for some time now and she's been trying to get me to do it since then. Like it was like one of the first conversations she had, she was like, she was like, I'd be interested in you taking the Enneagram test. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. She was like, she was like, oh, like she like sent me the link and she thought I was going to do it right then and there. And then I saw it was like 12 pages long. And I'm like, yeah. I, I like did the first page. And I'm like, I can't do this for, I can't, I'm sorry. And she's like, just take it. And I'm like, no, I can't, can't do that anymore. Um, but for now, you said that uh, you were diagnosed with uh, OCD. What? Mm -hmm. What has that, what does that look like for you? Because especially with mental illnesses, you know, with trying to break the stigma, we all experience it in a different way. Like for my diagnosis, sometimes isn't what the movies say it is or kind of picture it. So what is, what does that kind of experience look like for you? Yeah. So at first I was very hesitant to actually get it diagnosed because um, like I hadn't heard much about it and what I heard, um, my, I, I like had bits and pieces of it, but I was like, there's no way that like, like I didn't feel like I had enough symptoms to finally get it diagnosed and to see what it really was. Mm -hmm. Turns out I did. Um, but 
that's one of like the hardest things for me is I experience it in such a different way that people like I'm afraid to like say and people are like no you don't but like you know um but for me it's very it's different kind of it changes like hour to hour so Mm -hmm. sometimes um it's just very um I'll find myself getting into just this routine of just doing something over and over and over again like a repetitive movement something small Mm -hmm. like um touching something but I'll if I do it with like my right hand for example I have to do it with my left hand and if it doesn't match up perfectly like I'm I get stuck Mm -hmm. and I have to do it over and over and over again until it feels right so I'll do that a lot um but then other times it's intrusive thoughts which can get very scary Mm -hmm. um and then other times which I prefer these times but it's just because my brain isn't actively like going through numbers or going through patterns. It's just kind of just sounds like static in my mind. It's just like bare, just a lot of just noise kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of rotates throughout those three. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Like, yeah, that's everyone has their own lived experience, but you know, that's really, that's really insightful, especially for, you know, I know we are a younger organization, but as we develop and as we grow, you know, maybe there's going to be some little girl or boy out there that are going to listen to this. And maybe this points in that direction to like, wait, Mm -hmm. like that might be me. And that could actually be the beginning of a conversation. Or even if it's not them, at least it starts a conversation with them themselves. And I think that's a whole concept of what we're doing and who we are as individuals now, because we're all advocates. And it starts with sharing our own stories in order to try to help others either identify what's going on with them, help them out of a darker place, or, you know, we just knowing that they're not alone. And especially with a diagnosis, sometimes we do feel really alone because we were, when you look at the world, you're just like, man, like I, I, I think I'm like the only person that really feels like this. But then you start looking at, you know, our community that we're building, it's like, no, we're all going through something one way or another, and we're all here for each other. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of, you know, who Kenya is. And so I, I'm really thankful that you shared that. And, you know, I know we're going to have a million more conversations because Gina absolutely loves you. Um, (laughs) she's she has nothing but amazing things to say and i was like yeah i felt that way from the beginning uh after the podcast that you actually brought me on and you guys are like yeah this the longest podcast we've ever done like it we just kept talking and that's that's mental health though because it's it's not just simple like hey i can't just tell you what we're doing because it's not doesn't work that way I gotta. Right. I have to tell you a story, and I think that's awesome. So I'm. I appreciate you, and you know, before um, before we start wrapping up, was there anything else that you wanted to let the listeners know about, or something that you'd like to share, or was there anything else? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you. I care about you. And I am so thankful to have you a part of our movement and as an advocate. And I know the mental health community really does benefit from you being so open and so strong about your story. And I know this is just the beginning. And so I'm excited to, I'm excited to see what comes from Kenya down the road and along our journey together. And so I appreciate you. And um, for all of our listeners out there, you know, if you have a story that resonates with Kenya's or if you have your own story or you want to talk about your journey, you want to talk about your day, your week, it doesn't have to be just the story. This is an open space to talk. And 100%, we just are here for each other. And that's what mental health should be. It's not about us having all the answers sometimes. It's just sometimes having just a safe space and a friendly voice to talk to and understands that sometimes life's not as simple as rainbows and butterflies. So I appreciate you, Kenya. And if anyone else wants to come here on and share, I'd love to have you on. So I thank you all for listening to the Anti-Stigma Mental Health Club podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.